The following program is sponsored by Michael W. Smith. The views expressed on the following program are those of the host and not necessarily those of staff, management, or ownership. Arizona, Phoenix, America, Dark Sky Radio, KXXT Christian Radio. Hey, welcome to the broadcast. This is Brother Mike. I'm back on the radio. Welcome to HardcoreChristianity.com, today's Bible study, The Power of the Word of God. I got an interesting missionary story to tell you today. It's quite remarkable, giving you an idea how super-powered, Holy Ghost-powered, God's Holy Word is. Hey, will you call somebody and tell them radio programs on? I'll do my announcements now. Hey, this is Brother Mike. I'm the uh, professional counselor at the Arizona Deliverance Center in Central Phoenix. We're on 15th Avenue, just south of Osborne Road, downtown. We have two live services every week, Thursdays and Fridays at 7 o'clock. Thursday is our healing room. And Brother Rick and the ministry team are bringing the anointing. You wouldn't believe the number of people getting delivered and healed in these services. 7 p.m. Thursday nights. Friday nights, my teaching service for my radio listeners, 7 p.m. On the website, you can uh, contact Sister Karen. She's on the homepage. She'll list your house for sale for you. She loves specializing with born-again Christians. You can send us another donation on PayPal. Thank you so much for all the support you've given us over the years. The radio archives are on the website. You can sign up for our next free seminar. May God richly bless you and thank you for all your prayers. The power of the Word of God. I want to tell you a little story here. I thought it was interesting. It's a missionary story from 1912 to the Republic of the Congo. As you know, that's a a very tough place to go minister to. The jungle is there. It's uh, missionaries really are God's true generals. Uh, Not people like me sitting on the radio in a comfortable chair in an office, but In 1912, a missionary went to the Congo. His name was Dr. William Leslie. He was a Baptist minister. Now, Dr. Leslie did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He did not minister in the power of the Spirit. He did not teach on the gifts of the Spirit. He had, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, Obviously not a very powerful Christian, but from the uh, dedication standpoint and the concept of teaching the Word of God and salvation, the guy was top of the line. Well, this Dr. Leslie had gone to the Congo in 1912, went into the jungle, and he spent 17 years there ministering to tribal people. And after 17 years, he returned to the United States after having some conflicts with the uh, tribal leaders, I'm assuming there was persecution, the devil finally got tired of him being over there. And nine years later, he died, and he had told several of his friends that he felt that his missions work in the Congo had been a failure because he he, um, did not see the tremendous numbers of conversions, Uh, He had established a school over there, again, a small one. He had established a few churches over there, and they were small. But after 17 years, he just felt kind of defeated by it. 
And when he died, uh, he in his mind, he kind of saw his uh, career as a failure. And he saw his missionary work in the Congo as a failure. But something interesting happened decades later. A team of uh, ministers from the Tom Cox World Ministries traveled to the Congo and started visiting some of the villages that this guy had ministered to and set up these uh, churches, and very small churches, and this training school, very small one. And when they got there, they expected... Christianity to be completely absent in the Congo, and where where a Dr. Leslie had ministered, they expected to find nothing. But, uh, however, here's the quote, quote, when we got there, we found a network of reproducing churches throughout the jungle. Each village had its own gospel choir. They wrote their own songs and would have sing-offs praising the Lord from village to village. Though there were no Bibles translated in their local language, I guess it's a language called Yahtzee, the gospel was thriving. The tribes were using French Bibles to study the Word of God. And this Tom Cox ministry missionary team found out that a Dr. Leslie, decades earlier, had originally brought the gospel to this area. And that's how the word of God got started. And the tribal people there explained to him that he would teach the Bible and he had these small Bible schools. And he taught them about education and started some small churches. None of them were, you know, significant or dramatic. And then he went, the entire time he was there for 17 years, He had spread the gospel and come to find out the gospel was spreading all over the place in the Congo and Dr. Leslie died thinking his ministry was a failure. And I wanted to share this story with you because the word of God has supernatural power that cannot be visually seen. It makes impacts on the human soul and the whole human spirit and in the human mind that does not initially appear evident. Revelation chapter 1 spoke about Jesus who had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went the sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in power. And as you know in the Bible, the word of God is used, different adjectives are used to describe it. It's really quite interesting. In Jeremiah 23, it's described as a hammer and a fire. In James chapter 1, it's described as a mirror to reflect the soul. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it's, it's, it's illustrated by seeds that fall into the ground and multiply. In Psalms 119, it's described as a lamp to guide people. In Isaiah chapter 55, 
it's illustrated as rain and snow that falls down to refresh. In Hebrew chapter 4, it's described as a sword that cuts. Ephesians 6 also describes it as a sword. In Habakkuk chapter 3, it's described as a as a bow for revenge. In Psalms 19, it's described as gold to make someone rich. In Romans 10, it is described as having power to create faith and eternal life. It's also described like food, milk, 1 Peter chapter 2, milk for babies. Matthew 4, bread, bread for the hungry. Hebrews 5, meat, it's described as meat for the people. And in Psalms 19, it's described as honey, honey in the desert. Hebrews chapter 4 says, let us therefore labor to enter into that rest. That's what Dr. Leslie had done. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And Paul had already given several examples of people who had fallen in Hebrews 3. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful. Greek word zao is quick means it's alive. The word of God is alive and it is powerful. Greek word energes, it means energized. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder. That's the Greek word merismas. It means separation. The separation between the soul and the spirit. The separation between the joints and the marrow. The word of God is being depicted here as a surgeon. Like a surgeon separating things within a person that cannot be separated. No one can separate the connection between the soul and the spirit. And then it says it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Criticus is a Greek word where we get our English word critical or critical thinking. Criticus means to discriminate. It's a discriminator of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Enthumesis is the Greek word for thoughts there. It means your deliberations, what you're actually thinking about, what you're pondering. Then it says, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. Ketesis is the Greek word for creature there. It means creation. There's nothing in creation that's not manifest in the sight of God. All things are naked and open before the eyes of whom we have to do. The word of God is so powerful that other countries fear it. Other countries know how powerful the word of God is. Here in America, we don't get it. For example, there's 52 countries that have banned the Bible. Nine of those countries, if you're caught with a Bible, for example, in North Korea, you can be sent to prison or murdered, executed. Nine of the countries, 52 countries on the planet Earth have tremendous persecution, most of them in the Middle East. And the reason they do that is because they're scared. 
In the Middle East, for example, they don't allow the Bible because the Bible will destroy the Quran. Absolutely slaughter it. If the Muslims let the Bible in, their country would collapse. If the United States had half a brain, instead of sending trillions of dollars and soldiers and military equipment to the Middle East, they would send pocket New Testaments everywhere, dropping them out of planes, smuggling them in through missionary smugglers. They would wipe out the Middle East in about 20 years. It would be completely wiped out. Because the Word of God is so much more powerful than the Quran, there's no comparison. And that's why they ban it, because they fear it. They only ban things they fear. They persecute Christians because they fear them. For the Word of God is alive. It's living, and it's powerful, and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The views expressed on this program are those of the host and not necessarily those of staff, management, or ownership. This program was sponsored by Michael W. Smith.